powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would remain standing, flip to 1 Corinthians 13. We're not on our way there. We are there. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Do you have it tonight? Hallelujah. We're going to start at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. Let me translate I'm a mess. <laughs> I become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And if I can prophesy, or if I have the gift of prophecy, New King James, and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods and feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now, now look at this, because most people consider themselves loving because of what they do rather than who they are. And the scripture says you could give everything you have and still not have love. Because you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Then he tells you, here's how you know whether you have love or not. So, so, so Because everybody, everybody says, mm-hmm, amen, that's right, Bishop, and I'm talking to you. Amen. Look at the neighbor and say, it's to you. See, the first place the word hits before it hits your neighbor is ourselves. Amen. So here's how he says whether you do a love check. He says, love suffers long. That means it's patient. Then he says, and then it's kind while it's being patient. Jesus Christ. It doesn't envy. It means it doesn't look at something somebody else has. Love doesn't parade itself, which means if you're a loving person, you don't have to announce it. If you have to tell somebody, well, I'm just a loving, caring person. (laughs) You know, you like to parade. It's not puffed up. It's not rude. It doesn't doesn't seek its own, which means it's not just looking out for itself. 
Uh-huh. Lots of amens tonight. That, that's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not provoked. If they say one more thing. Woo! May not be a lover. May not be a lover. You might be a fighter. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible is awesome. It says it thinks no evil. So if you're always sitting up thinking that other people got some conspiracy against you, you might not be a lover. Evil in Greek means contrary to. It doesn't think thoughts contrary to one another. Amen. It's going to be good for us tonight. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity. Iniquity is generational sin that's passed down. There's three kinds of sin. Sin to miss the mark, transgression to deliberately disobey, iniquity, generational sin. It doesn't rejoice in seeing other people fall to the things the generations before them fell to. But it rejoices in the what? The truth. Look at what it does, verse 7. It bears all things. In essence, it means it can handle it. Then look at this. He really throws you. Paul just gets crazy here. He says, it believes all things. Now, it doesn't, watch this. It doesn't believe everything everyone says. It believes that all things are possible. Let me say it another way. It gives the benefit of the doubt. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Look at verse 8. It never fails. It never fails. But look what he says. But where there's prophecies, what's that? A gift? It'll fail. Tongues? They'll stop one day. We're not in that day. They will one day. Where there's knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but that which is perfect has come. That which in part will be done away with. Look at verse 11, because he just goes wild here. Then he says, when I was a child, I spoke like one. I understood like one. I thought like one. But when I became a man, I put away childless things. Watch this. How do you go from talking about love to then now you're talking about being a child? Because the evidence of our maturity as believers is not in how gifted or talented we are. Evidence of our maturity as believers is where we line up with the love walk. Father, tonight as we delve into this teaching, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. God, we all need your grace, and we thank you. But the scripture says every morning there are brand new mercies that are prepared for us, and we just walk into those new mercies, Father. We bless you. We honor you. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open our spirits to receive this word tonight. Taylor, make it, customize it for us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Would you just high-five your neighbor as you take your seats and say, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Hallelujah. You can be seated tonight. Now, now uh, tonight, of course, I'm going to presuppose uh, that, that, of course, it's Wednesday night, and I'm going to presuppose some things tonight. Uh, but I want to recap from where we were last week. Last week we talked about from pain to purpose, from pain to purpose. Say that with me. From pain to purpose. Now, I want to recap that very quickly because tonight you may think it's the, the messages on love and the teachings on love. Uh, it, it is, but, but, but not in its entirety. Tonight we're talking about spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts 101, spiritual gifts 101. 
And I want to put all of this together in a nice, wonderful package so that you can get it and receive it. Now, last Wednesday, we talked about if you find your pain, you will find your specific purpose. And we talked about your specific purpose has a name in Scripture. It's called your assignment, your election, or your calling. Your assignment, your election, or your calling. Now, last week we talked about there's a universal purpose for every believer. Say, I have a universal purpose. We looked at that last week, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, 3, 2, 20. Since we were there last week, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Who did he give that to? Us. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? ambassadors for Christ as though God was pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God so we talked about this last week our universal purpose as believers I don't care what you do you're a teacher you're a checkout clerk you're a customer service representative for Sprint no matter what you do your universal purpose is to reconcile the world back to Christ you understand that so there is no such thing as an evangelism team whose job it is to win souls. Okay, yeah, okay. All the amens were happening just a few minutes ago. We were talking about love. You were saying amen because you had somebody in mind. That's why. <laughs> That's our universal purpose, to reconcile the world back to Christ. And we talked about that last week, why it's reconciliation and not an introduction. It's not an introduction because Jeremiah 1 tells us before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. So we're reconciled. We're being rejoined. We're being reconciliated with God because we knew him before. When we got here, we got a little wild and crazy. Jeremiah 1. Now, from there, I'm recapping from last week. We have a specific purpose. Say specific purpose. That's our assignment, that's our election, or our calling. All of those terms are synonymous. Now, I'm going to be somewhat pedagogical tonight so that we can walk through this. While we are all to reconcile people to Christ, the way in which we do that is specific to each individual. See, you and your neighbor have different specific purposes, or let's say it together, assignments, elections, or calling. Got it? The universal is the same. The specific is unique to each individual. Now, we discover that specific assignment, election, or calling based on our spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not just something that we have so we can sit up and flash gifts at one another. They are designed with a purpose and an end in mind. All right? and this is very important because when, we, when you talk about gifts a lot of times, uh, we, we sometimes get confusion, and we'll look at that. Now, uh, Romans 11.29. Flip there real quick. Romans 11.29. Romans eleven twenty nine. Hallelujah. All right. Are we just reviewing. We're going to get into the new meat in just a moment. You got it? Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and the what? Calling of God are what? Irrevocable. Old King James says they're without repentance. Repent uh, in Hebrew is teshuva, which means to turn back or to return. So, so God says, I'm never going to take the gifts I gave you back, and I'm never going to change my mind about your specific purpose, your assignment, your election, or your calling. 
Now, you can go through life and in life and stand in front of God, and God will say to you, listen, uh, what are you doing up here? Because you never fulfilled the reason I set you in earth in the first place. He's not changing his mind because you don't like being uncomfortable. He's not changing his mind because, because you, you don't want to be outspoken. He's not changing his mind because you'd much rather keep your Christianity to yourself. He says, I'm not changing my mind. Now, in context in Romans 11, uh, he's talking and dealing with the Jews, etc. But the principle is apropos in every scheme of life. Are you still with me? God doesn't withdraw your specific purposes or the gifts he gave you to perform it. So God's so awesome, he says, here's a specific purpose. Let's, let's get those synonyms together. Or your assignment, or your election, or your calling. He says, now listen, I don't just give you something to do and say, good luck. Good luck with that. He says, I equip you to do that through your spiritual gifting. Now, look at your neighbor. Say, you're gifted. Okay, now, this is important. This is important because this, this speaks to us sometimes dealing with that. We dealt with that last week about understanding pain. More often than not, your pain will be antithetical to your gift and discourage and intimidate you from using your gift. And remember, we gave some specific examples on last week. So you got to get that CD or DVD or what have you uh, from last week. Now, there are three kinds of gifts. Let's get into some new stuff tonight. Three kinds of gifts. Three kinds of gifts. Now, we've taught on these extensively in Kingdom Life University. So if you've gone through that, some of these things you will have heard. If you haven't gone through it yet, then you, you'll be good. When you get in class, you'll be like, I know that. I got that. Three kinds of gifts. The first kind of gifts are motivational gifts. Motivational gifts. These are gifts that are built into you. They don't pop on when you get in church. They don't pop on when you pray. Amen. These are gifts that are built into you. Okay? Second kind of gifts are manifestational gifts. Manifestational gifts. These are gifts where it is God manifesting himself. The Greek word there, phanerosis, literally means it's a flash. God is flashing his glory in the, in the gift. Manifestational gifts. And we're going to show you where they're at and look at them so you can see it all for yourself. Third kind of gifts are ministry gifts. Ministry gifts. Sometimes referred to as fivefold ministry gifts. All right? Now, flip to Romans 12. Flip to Romans 12. Y'all still with me? All right. Romans 12. I'm going to shout you real good in a few minutes, but I just want to get you here. Romans 12. You got it? And now flip down to verse, uh, look down to verse number six. <clears throat> Having then gifts differing according to the what? Grace that what? Is given to us. Let us use them. Okay. So now, uh, a couple of things we see there. The first thing is the gift is a great, is a, a demonstration of God's grace to you. He didn't give it to you because you did some great thing beforehand. It's a grace thing. It's undeserved. Now, grace also means favor. So the gift then brings me favor when I use it. Some people wonder why they don't see favor. It's because they're operating outside of their gift. Look what it said. You see it right there? It says having then gifts. So having then. That, that means they're, they're in there. In you. Differing according to the grace, the favor that is given to us, let us what? 
use them. Then he tells you what they are. And again, I'm not going to teach on them in depth because we go through that in KLU. But prophecy. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Ministry, let us use in our ministering. Teaches, who he teaches in teaching. Verse 8, he who exhorts in exhortation. Uh, he who gives with liberality. Who, who leads with diligence. He who sows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay? Those are motivational gifts. Built in. Built in. A person with a mercy gift doesn't need to be a Christian for you to see the mercy gift. Amen. Watch this. But as a believer, the mercy gift becomes that much stronger. And I'm going to show you that in a minute because Paul gives us a really, really interesting line where he says you, could, you can desire the best gifts. Which means then I'm not just limited to the gifts I comprehend or fully understand or fully know how to use. Okay, we'll, we'll look at that. All right. Now, so those are the motivational gifts. Got it? That's built into you. Leadership's built into you. You don't, you, uh, leadership, you don't just, you don't just find yourself, we talked about this last week, you don't just find yourself leading just, just well, when I come to church, I'm just a leader. No, you lead everywhere you go. It's just built in. Got it? Okay, and so on. Now, let's look at the manifestational gifts. Manifestational gifts. Flip to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. You got it? And let's see here. I want you to look at a couple of things. 1 Corinthians 12. And, uh, well, go to verse 28. We'll just look at the, we'll, we'll look at these. These these are also motivational gifts. I'm going to give you these as well. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then, miracles then healings, then helps, then administrations, then varieties of tongues. And again, we've talked about these in depth, so we won't, we won't, I won't go into these uh, in any more depth uh, at this time. Got it? Those are also motivational gifts. Okay? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to look at the manifestational ones uh, at the end. Now, flip to Ephesians 4. And again, I cannot stress to you the importance of Kingdom Life University so that you learn. you'll learn the pros and cons of each gift. You'll actually do a spiritual gifts test so that you know what you got. Because a lot of times people say, well, I know I'm gifted to do this. And they take the test, and it's like number 48. <laughs> then even go to 48. You know, they're like negative on the thing. Sometimes you can think you're gifted in an area, and you just want to be gifted in that area. So it's important that you take the test so that you have some kind of basis to know where are your strengths as it relates to your gifts. Then you'll know how to play the best life. I, I, let me say it like this. You'll know how to be the best you. Because the worst thing is to try to operate in a gift that's not fully developed. And so you're out, you're, you're out in the football field. You know, you're slow, but you want to be the running back. You get the hand off, you're like, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't shoot the ball, but you want to be the point guard. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you can't swing a bat to save your life, but you are convinced that God wants you to. No, you got to figure those out. All right. Now, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4. God wants us to be the best us. Ephesians 4, because if you're not the best you, then you can't, you can't help or, or be able to impart and help someone else to be the best them. Ephesians 4, you got it? Now, these are the ministry gifts, or the five-fold ministry gifts they're sometimes referred to. Ephesians 4, and he himself gave some to be apostles. Now, country folk will say apostles. 
its apostles, <laughs> some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Okay? And again, I'm not going into any depth because you can get it in what? KLU. Got it? Now, those are the five-fold ministry gifts. Okay. Now, I want you to flip to 1 Corinthians 12. I want you to go back there because now I want, we're going to walk through this line upon line, precept upon precept, so we can kind of get a good basic understanding about uh, spiritual gifts, et cetera, how they need to be used, how we can walk and flow in them, et cetera. 1 Corinthians 12. Got it? We're going to start at verse numero uno. Amen. That's two Spanish words. I'm working. We'll be in. <laughs> give me something else. You got to give me something else. Okay, muy bien, muy bien. Okay, watch this, watch this, watch this now. Watch this. Verse one. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or unlearned. First thing we got to understand is there's confusion about gifts. Because he, he tells them, I don't want you to be unlearned. I don't want you to be ignorant. So first thing we got to realize is that many times confusion will come about gifts. Now, why would confusion come about gifts? Because if the gifts, watch this, if the gifts have been given to me as a grace and a favor thing from God to help me fulfill my what? specific purpose, which is my assignment, my election, my calling, then if I'm confused about the gifts, I'll never fulfill the specific purpose. Come on, you got it? So he says there's, there's room for error here because what the enemy would desire is for you to be confused about what you got so that you never be what you're supposed to be. You can't be and do what you don't first understand you already possess. All right? Because sometimes people say, I'm just waiting on the Lord to do this. And God says, I'm waiting on you to realize you already got it. I heard a quote one time that says, everything you need is already around you, simply waiting your recognition of it. And you say, Lord, just please do it. Lord. And God says, hey, hey, it's right here. So that's why Paul starts out, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be confused because I don't want you to live a life beneath what you're supposed to live because you don't know what you have. Got it? Okay, look at verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Second thing I want you to see, the gifts never go contrary to God's word or his order. They never are contrary to God's word and God's order. Let me give you an example. So somebody said, I, oh, Bishop, I just have a, a word from the Lord, and I just that's why I didn't come in church, and I stayed outside in the foyer, and I didn't worship, and I didn't come in because I had a word from the Lord. Wrong! That is not the order of this house. So that is not God. What you have is manipulation. That's what you have. Oh, but I didn't come to church today. I know the Bible says don't forsake the sibling. But, oh, but the Lord was speaking to me. Wrong! You were talking to yourself and repeating back. That violates his word. He will never give you a gift or tell you something that violates his word. Could you imagine someone saying, the Lord told me to shoot somebody? You know what you say to them? You're crazy. That's the same difference when you try to blame God for your disobedience to the word or order. 
I know that our procedure is supposed to only do this, but you know, I, I got a mercy gift and I just gave everything away. Then you need to pay for what you gave. It's out of order. Got it? Look what Paul said. He says, no one, no one will call Jesus a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Well, what's the point there? What's the principle there? Because in Scripture, not only do we see the person of Jesus, we see the principle of Jesus. And most people uh, have been introduced to the person of Jesus, but they don't quite have a grasp of the principle of Jesus. The person of Jesus will save you, but the principle of Jesus will prosper you. 3 John 1 and 2, beloved, above all, I wish that you prosper. You're whole and in hell. So a lot of people, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, yet they live defeated lives. Got it? So you may know the person, but if you don't know what the person stands for, the principle, you're not going to see the results. Are you still with me? I, told, I knew them amens was going to, I ain't going to get no runners tonight. The gifts never go contrary to God's word or God's order. Watch out for anybody that ever says something contrary to the word or the order. It is not from God. It is demonic, it is satanic, and it will lead to judgment. Let me take it another further. Let me take it another further. When I say touch your neighbor, and you sit there and don't touch your neighbor. Oh, I was in the spirit. No, you weren't. You are disobedient and you are rebellious, and that is not God. Say amen. Okay. Oh, good. I got everybody right there. Everybody going to just be. You're just going to leave your hand up. Now, you said, listen, what's the big deal? If you go on, Paul is very clear. He says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. He makes things very clear. Let all things be done decently and in order. Paul is very, especially with these Corinthians, because these Corinthians were crazy. They had a thousand temple prostitutes. You know, you come to church and you get way more than you bargained for. The Corinthians, watch this, while they were talented and gifted, they were out of order. So this is why he goes in and he sets order. This is why 1 Corinthians 4.15, he says, you got plenty of instructors, ghosts. you got plenty of head slaves, but you do not have many fathers. So he sets order because they had all of these gifts and talents, yet they were less than what they were supposed to be because nobody came and told them, get yourself in order. So the gifts never go contrary to God's word or the order. Now look at verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I love God. He's a God of diversity. Diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation, so where are we getting ready to go? The manifestational gifts. That's where I wanted to get to them last. Is given, of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of what? All. For to one is given a word of wisdom. And again, I'm going to just go through them because we teach them and kill you. Through the spirit to another the word of knowledge. Through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of the tongues. But one spirit and the same spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one, watch this, individually as he wills. Okay? So, manifestational gifts. It literally, in the Greek, it means a flash. So God says, I want you to see how good I am. So I flash myself in a, in a, in a moment of supernatural faith. 
You ever been in a situation where your faith wasn't quite cutting it, and so you had to be like the man that says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief? In that moment, that man got a manifestation of faith. He got supernatural faith. See, sometimes it's going to take God to believe God. Sometimes your faith is going to be insufficient. And so you got to say, God, I, I believe, but help my, uh, anybody ever been there? Lord, I believe what you said, but whoo, it's looking mighty rough right now. It's looking mighty tough. But you can get a manifestation of faith. And God will flash himself and show you his glory in that moment. And you will believe for something that you would never believe for in your normal self. That awesome. Now it says he gives to each one individually as he wills. For as the body, verse 12, is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. So what's the next point, Bishop? To see the fullness of the kingdom, we need everyone using their best gifts with best practices. To see the fullness of the kingdom, we need everyone using their best gifts with best practices. All right. Now, I want to break that down for you. Best gifts. What, what does that mean, Bishop? The ones I am strongest in. And we're going to talk about this because you can actually develop your gifts. You can get stronger. And I'm going to show you that in a minute. But, but here's the deal. While you're getting stronger, everybody don't need to see you in the process of getting stronger. Now, now, what, now let me be very clear about that because everybody, we're all being mature. We're all growing. We're all in process. But, but for example... If, uh, uh, you know, just, <laughs> just use your top five gifts, all right? Just use your top five gifts, amen? <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that. Just use your top five gifts, okay? You, you may want to be uh, an elder in the church, but if you don't have mercy, you're not fit. You got it? You may, oh, I just, the Lord, I just want to be a minister. Does the Lord call me to be a minister? Great. But if you're not faithful, not a good fit. Okay? Okay? You, you mean, I just want to be a deacon. I just want a deek. <laughs> Great! But if you don't tithe, you're not a good fit. Not a good fit. Not a good fit. Right now. Got it? It's real quiet. I mean, this is like... Ooh, you know. Say best gifts. best gifts. So here's the best way to do that. When you take the spiritual gifts test, you look at the gifts that you are your top five to seven, your top five to seven gifts. And in KLU, it tells you where you should be serving based on those top five gifts. Now, it, it's no much more simpler than that. It, it's just so simple. I mean, you don't have to, oh, Lord, just what? No, just circle. <laughs> if you can use a pencil, you can figure out where your top five gifts are. Best gifts, but watch the second part with best practices. Best practices is a business term that simply refers to the best way or the best strategy in which to conduct a practice. Best practices, which means, uh, for example, if you work in customer service, uh, best practices is not, well, listen, either you're going to take this or you can get off the phone. That's not best practices. I don't care how, then you just need to get another job if you can't handle that. I'm not the one. Then quit because that is, you're not, you, you, you're right. You're not the one. 
best practices means I'm using my best gifts in the best way. Okay, so not so. So if you got mercy, listen, I'm gonna give you some mercy, but let me tell you, you know, not best practices. Okay, if, if someone's coming to the food and clothing bank, and listen, you up here again, you need some more clothes, you know. I guess that's not best practices. Our best practices. Okay. Okay. Varieties of tongues. And remember, we talked about that. That the you know tongues is uh, unknown tongues, other tongues, and tongues is prophecy. And you come in church, and, and and I'm in the middle of the preaching, and here you go. That, that's not best practices. You are a distraction. You get the point. Best practices. So I use my best gifts, but I use best practices. Watch this. Which means then I have to strive to be better in the use of my gifts. Again, I go back to KLU just because it's so, it's so much information you get. But I go back to KLU because one of the things KLU, it tells you the pros and cons of each gift. Got it? So it'll tell you, listen, this is what you need to watch out for. It'll tell you. It tells you which gifts bump heads with one another. It tells you how prophecy bumps head with mercy, yet they seem to be attracted to one another. And in so, in so many ways, you could almost say opposites are attracting. It tells you how people with the gift of prophecy, that those people are typically very critical of themselves and very critical of other people. So when I know, watch this, the cons of my gift, I can have best practices with my gifts. Got it? Some people make horrible decisions, but that's just how God made me. Not to make horrible decisions. That's not how he made us. I have to learn how to check my gift. Pros and cons will help me to do that. Got it? Now, let's keep going. Y'all all right? Got seven minutes. Here we go. Thirteen. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free. All have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. The foot, If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand... I'm not of the body, is, the, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, who's going to hear? Okay? That's important. If your whole body is one big eyeball, you're going to see the future, but you ain't going to hear nothing. If your whole body is one big ear, I remember they used to have shows. I was flipping through the channel, and they were playing an old kid's show where they had this big, huge ear with earwax and stuff. Uh, what was it? Uh, 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 Nickelodeon or something. I was like, and, and it, what's that? Double Dare. There you go, Double Dare. <laughs> and these big, huge ears with fillings. What's the point? If you're one big ear, you may hear everything, but you can't see anything. And what happens for a lot of people, this is where people get met, missed up in, in, in foolishness, and they start, especially in church bodies, they start worrying about stuff that ain't none of their business and start talking about stuff that's none of their business because they may be the eye, but they forgot they couldn't hear right. And they may be able to hear right, but they, every time they look at something, they don't see it right because they forgot they didn't have no eyes. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So what you got to do then is you got to uh, know where you are and know where you're weak. Because most foolishness that comes out of saints of God is because they think they're all body parts. You are not. You are part of the body. You are not the body. 
You're part of it. So you have no right to bring foolishness against somebody else because you didn't see because you're only an ear. All you did was hear hearsay. You didn't see anything. Oh, I'm going to preach. You better say it, man, before I take this jacket off. Because I feel an apostolic fire getting ready to come down and get all in your stuff. Look, look at this. Look at this. Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where'd be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where'd be the smelling? What's the point, Bishop? What you bring to the table is valuable when it's used in order. And you can't get, you can't get frustrated with folks when, when they don't see or perceive the way you do. They're not you. And they're not supposed to be you. And you may think, see, people with certain gifts think that, and, and, they, and this is a bad understanding, think, well, the church should be doing this. But you're not the body. You're part of it. So what you should be doing is what you've been asked to do. But I think we should be doing this. That's wonderful. And when we ask, you can feel free to tell. Now, Bishop, let me be clear, because this is Denver, and I can already see the ask the bishops coming. Does that mean I can't come up with a good idea or suggestion? No. But what it means is, is you don't get to come and change the vision because that's not what you were setting the body for. Do you get that? It's like somebody coming into your life, coming into your house and rearranging your furniture and rearranging your kitchen and rearranging your stuff, putting your CDs in a different order, coming in your car, moving your stuff around, going in your refrigerator and putting labels on your stuff and you don't know where your stuff is at. It's not your house. It's the Lord's house. And he sets everybody in the body, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, where it pleases him. You got it? It's just that simple. That's how T.I. is. What you bring to the table is valuable when it's used in the order. What you have. You may say, but Bishop, I just, I just have helps. Helps is very valuable. It's needed. Bishop, I just have an administration. It's needed. Because, man, if we just walked in church and just there was no, or you just kind of just whatever, just, uh, all right, everybody, just uh, have a seat. Have a seat. Uh, Bishop, you want to come? Or, uh, uh, you know, we're just going to flow with the spirit. And uh, what? Cool, but that's not how we do it here. Because you're about to go into a restaurant. Well, uh, are you going to eat? I mean, you know, well, you know. Uh, say, what I have to bring to the table is valuable when used in order. It's valuable. You need it. Look at verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them. Oh, I said 1 Corinthians 12, 28. I misspoke 1 Corinthians 12, 18. Each one of them in the body just as he pleased. It's his choice, not yours. So, well, you know, I know business, but I, if I can't do this, then I'm just going to move on. Bye. I just really believe God's called me to do this. Mm-mm, because, see, because see, here's how I know. He, here's how I know. Here's how I know. Because he didn't make you the pastor. That's how I figured out that he didn't want you determining where you serve. That's how I figured that out. You see, I did that. Just like you're not the boss of your job, I'm the boss of your job. <laughs> if you're not the CEO of your organization, 
That's how I figured out God didn't want you determining where everybody else should be working. He didn't make you the CEO. Well, Bishop, oh, that's ungodly leadership. Ooh, you better check your Bible, Romans 13. All authority exists here, comes from the Lord. Got it? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up. <laughs> and if all, verse 19, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Thank you, Jesus. And I can't say it in the hand. We don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. So I want you to get this, I want you to get this visual in these last few minutes. I want you to get this visual. If, if, imagine you, your body, your human body, walking around with no hands. No, I just want you to get that. What are you not going to be able to do? Grasp anything. Now let's say you got hands, but you have no elbows. You have no elbows, guess what you also can't have? A forearm or your hand. So this little joint, even though it's smaller than the hand and it's smaller than the forearm, it's just as necessary. Oh, come on. I wish you'd get this. And so the neck can't say to the head, well, we don't need you. We're just going to have a neck revolution. <laughs> well, you ain't going to see anything. You're not going to smell anything. You're not going to be able to speak anything. You're not going to be able to hear anything. And since the brain is essential nervous something, you're also not going to be able to feel anything. We all need one another. Amen. We all need one another. Tall, short, skinny, this, that, the other, white, black, Hispanic, everything. We all need one another. Got it? Never let, never let anyone make you think only a certain group of people is going, is, is, is going to heaven. We need one another. And that's a whole other message. I don't even want to start. Verse 22. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable or which we bestow greater honor and the unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have um, no need. But God composed the body having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. So watch this. When you respect the gifts of your neighbor, there's no schism. Because you realize you have no, watch this, your gifting doesn't make you anything other than different. Now, there, let me be clear. There's leadership, there's structure, there's order. But it, it helps you from being critical of other folks because they don't do it the way you think they should. Guess how I know God didn't want you to do it? You're not doing it. Now, I'm helping you fix stuff at your job, too, because you got people right now, well, if I was the supervisor, and guess how I know God doesn't want them to do it? They're not. No schism in the body. No schism in the body because there is a mutual respect for the gifts of one another. Got it? Amen. Amen. Now, look at this. I got to move real quick. Look at uh, verse 26. And if one member suffers, all suffer with it. And if one is honored, all rejoice with it. Now, I could stay right here for a moment. He says, if one is honored, all rejoice. 
which means when you see somebody else being promoted or going forth, you don't sit and say to yourself, well, they don't do this. That's why God won't promote or use you because you run your mouth about stuff that you have no business running your mouth about. What you need to do is respect the gift and pray. Because I'm here to tell you, the Bible says God will use foolish things to confound the wise. And he will make uh, the things you think shouldn't be to be just to show you you don't run anything. Oh, I'm here to tell you, there's something coming. There's something. When one is honored, we rejoice with who's being honored. So even if my name doesn't get called, I'm rejoicing with the name that got called. Because since we're part of the same body, when they call the hand, they were calling the foot. I wish somebody was here tonight. I rejoice with them that are rejoicing. So I may not get recognized. I may not get servant of the month. I may not get this, that, and the other. Guess what? I don't have to because somebody else in the body got it. And if somebody else in the body got it, that means I got it too. We are the same team. One God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's just one people here. How many people go to harvest? One. One people. And if the person sitting next to me gets honored, I did too. And I don't sit there saying, well, you know, I, well, you know, I don't need it. You're a liar. That's why you said that, because you really want it. Okay. So what's the next point, Bishop? We're just about through. You all right? Don't take anything personal. It's just kingdom. You've heard the saying. You've heard the saying in the world. Uh, it's not personal. It's just business. So, so for us as kingdom folks, kingdom folks, uh, we don't take it personal. It's just kingdom. I don't take it personal. It's just kingdom. So and so didn't say nothing to me. I don't take it personal. It's just kingdom. That's all right. I said hey to somebody, which means they said hi by virtue of proxy of my high. Don't take it personal. It's just kingdom. Well, well, I didn't get picked to do that. Don't take it personal. It's his kingdom. Monica's here tonight to remind you. Don't take it. No, I'm just. <laughs> okay, I got to move. I got to move. Y'all all right? Y'all okay? 27. I got to move. I just want you to get this. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. I was meeting with a pastor the other day, and he was saying, well, Bishop, how, how do we come together? How do we have unity? I said, well, unity first requires maturity. I said, if we can't have maturity, we can just forget unity. Amen. I said, because we don't have to agree on every little thing. We have to agree on the essentials, and then the non-essentials, we just say, well, that's non-essential. Uh, but in all of this, we've got to understand that there has to be love. But, 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 but understand this, we are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. And we already looked at these. These are the additional motivational gifts. Now, go down to verse 31. But earnestly desire the what? Best gifts. So what does that mean, Bishop? Gifts must be, I'm going to give you three things. Gifts must be desired. Desired. So why, why would I do a teaching, uh, uh, particularly on Wednesday evening, Wednesday night live? Why would I do that? So that you can have a passion, a zeal, a desire to not only know your gifts, but use them. Amen. Gifts must be desired. Second thing, gifts must be developed. Develop. 
When you come out of the womb, if, 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 if leadership is your motivational gift, it's not fully developed. It's not fully developed. Got it? It has to be developed. How do I develop it, Bishop? I get tools and resources. See, that's the thing about Harvest. You can't say you didn't know. It's just you didn't want to know. You cannot say. See, I refuse to stand in front of God and say, well, you didn't tell him nothing but give him a bunch of carbohydrates. Huh? I was watching a movie. No, I was watching a movie the other day. I watched a movie the other day. In the movie, this is what the movie said. Please, but movie said only, uh, only, only poor people eat carbs. Now it, they were trying to be funny, but here's the point: is a high carb. What do carbs do? Carbs turn into energy, and then if you don't use the energy, it turns into fat. W- which means, which means, watch this: a high carb spiritual diet is going to do nothing but make you really loud and really spiritually rotund. To where you'll sit on your blessed assurance and do nothing with what you know. So that's why I refuse to stand in front of God and say I was a high carbohydrate guy. I'm going to give you some carbs, but I'm going to give you some protein. Then I'm going to give you some vitamins and minerals because i got to give an account. Woe to you who teach because you must give an account. Now watch this. But watch this. Gifts must be developed. That means I get my hand on resources to help my gift. So if, if, if leadership is my gift, I got books on leadership. I got teachings on leadership. Not just, well, the Lord just give me another fresh download of leadership. He's not. He's given it to you once. Got it? Okay. Are, are you still here? If mercy is your gift, you learn how to balance it so that you don't become ATM. Always too much. Amen. If ministry is your gift, you got teachings and resources so you can build that gift. Because when God gives you the opportunity to get on the field and and, and, and if if it were and and play the game and get in the game, you want to be prepared. Not just, well, I know the Lord's calling me in a minute, but I'm just waiting on my time. Oh, well, you're going to be waiting. You all be on the phone with church saying, listen, I got some time. I took this. I got to let, let, let me get let me develop my gift. Are you getting it? Gifts must be developed. They don't come to you in their fully developed state. You have to develop them. Got it. Third thing, gifts must be submitted. Things gifts must be submitted. Again, this goes back to what order. Most you, you, you want a truth. Most of the people that quote-unquote make it aren't the most talented or most gifted. They're just the ones that learn how to be the most submitted. They learn to have somebody greater than them speaking into them. Got it? Okay, now, let's look. And yet I show you, verse 31. You there? And yet I show you a more excellent way. And then where do we go? First Corinthians what? Chapter 13. So now check this out. We went through the whole chapter 12 to get to that last verse. He says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, now, now watch this. There's, there, there's a question in there. The, the question is, well, what's a more excellent way than what you just talked about? What did he just talk about? The gifts. 
He says there's a more excellent way. Well, a more excellent way to do what? There's a more excellent way to show God's love. Love is the reason for the gift. And all of the gifts show his love. Love is the reason for the gift. Let's walk it through. Y'all got it? Because that was supposed to be your aha moment. So let's rework that here. Because I didn't, I didn't feel the aha in the spirit. What do you need to be able to administrate so that God's love can be shown in an excellent way? Ah, I need you to get it. What, 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 why do you need the ability to have mercy so that God's love can be shown and demonstrated through that gift? Love is the reason for the gift, and love is what the gifts are supposed to demonstrate. So when I see the church flourishing because there's an appropriate amount of helps serving, when I see that, I see his love because I see enough people, if I'm an unbeliever, I see enough people cared about me to show up early, to stand in the parking lot, to wave me back to the back, and to get me in my parking spot. And when I walked into the building, there was a loving person with a smile on, with a smile on their face. It's showing me God's love. That's what your gifts are for. To show his love. Not to show you. Not to show self. To show his love. So when they see how. Uh, I use administration. When they see how wonderfully administrated things are. They say my God. Ooh wee. God must really be doing something. I never seen a place where it's that structured. And that ordered. And so on and so forth. What is it showing? His love. Then Paul starts, if I can prophesy, that's where we started, and I can speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love. I'm just a loud-mouthed, high-carb Christian. I got to show it better than I can say it. I think it was St. Francis uh, of Assisi. He had a quote. I believe it was him. I may be misspeaking, but I believe it was him. He said, preach the gospel and only when necessary, use words. You working and flowing in your gifts excellently, best gifts, best practices on your job says way more than showing up with your harvest T-shirt on and your harvest wear, but yet you got a bad attitude while you're on the phone. You got a bad attitude when your supervisor says, well, why were you late? You displaying your best gifts. Come on, y'all. Get it tonight. And using best practices demonstrates his love far better than you opening your mouth. Let your gifts show his love. You got it? Hallelujah. Stand on your feet tonight. Did you get the word? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.